I am super delighted to bring back the Encouraging Others Through Christ podcast. I don't know how many times I've relaunched this particular show over the years, and it was originally started as the About the Church podcast. If you are brand new to this podcast and you have any desire to go back and listen to older episodes, I would encourage you to skip episodes, I think, episodes number one through 134. I did recently go back and create an episode 000 titled Start Here First. It's a two-hour, maybe plus episode that gives you an overview of my journey as far as it comes to my spiritual background and my faith experience through Protestant evangelical, fundamentalist evangelical upbringing, but also with a little bit of flavor of Catholic background in there as well. So if you want to, you can go back and listen to episode 000. And again, unless you are wanting to hear some of the things that I used to believe and 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 kind of see the evolution over the years, you you could listen to episodes one thirty one through one thirty four. But really, everything started to shift around episode one thirty five, and now I believe this is episode one hundred forty seven, if I'm not mistaken. And I can look that up to be sure. Let me just go over to encouragingotherstroughchrist.com. And yes, indeed, this is episode one hundred forty seven. Now, with that being said, today I want to talk about shun the non-believer. <laughs> this is the idea of putting people out of your fellowship if by any chance they have, quote-unquote, left the faith. And this was very much a part of my conditioned upbringing throughout my years in evangelical fundamentalist Christianity. And again, if you go back to episode 000, you'll find out that this was not a single denomination. I've had a very eclectic background, and, and I can assure you that the idea of excommunication certainly exists within the Catholic Church. And the whole idea of putting someone out of your fellowship is very much a part of a vast array of denominations among different lines of of, um, Protestant denominations. So with that being said, I want to talk about this idea of shun the non-believer. This is one of the things that I had to, in my process of deconstructing my belief system, my conditioned way of believing about God and my relationship with God. I had to overcome my fear of being shunned by those who are still very much served well and are very much um, devoted to their spiritual path of biblical fundamentalist or even non-fundamentalist, just biblical, orthodox, doctrinal Christianity. Because I have built a reputation online and a presence online and a business online 
where for the first 20 years of my podcasting, my identity was very much as I am a fundamentalist, evangelical, Protestant Christian. And then I may have slowly evolved over the years and became very much less institutionalized, and I left a lot of the beliefs about performance-based Christianity and even left the institution as a whole. In September 2011, my wife and I decided that we, quote-unquote, were no longer going to this weekly congregational gathering called the local church anymore. We have lived our lives free on Sunday mornings, Wednesday nights, Tuesday nights since then without any guilt or shame associated with it. But even then, there was an incredible amount of concern expressed about our decision to do that. However, any most people's concerns were, is the word allayed, set aside when they saw that there was still incredible fruit of my relationship with God. And and in fact, my relationship with God increased vastly over the next decade of my life. And so, matter of fact, there were many times when I would meet somebody who, let's just say, has a much larger audience, a greater level of influence in the world, when they became clients or were prospective clients or prospective clients. Anyway, I'll never forget having a conversation with a dear friend of mine who reaches millions of people around the world. And I was in his home and I said, hey, I I just wanted to see, get your feel on this. You know, I, I know you and I are working together and I know that you have this faith background and I, you know, I, I'm just curious about what you think about, my, I wasn't looking for validation from this individual. I just knew that there was a lot of potential that he was going to potentially recommend me to his community, which, by the way, he did in the many, many thousands of people who have uh, since become members of my community as a result of his influence. Hundreds of his podcast episodes talked about me. I've spoken at his conferences, and and I've spent evenings and weekends in his home as a guest, and we've had an incredible relationship over the years. But I'll never forget, it was when I first met him for the very first time, I asked him, he goes, Cliff, it doesn't matter to me whether or not you quote-unquote go to church. I, I, I have come to a place in life where I judge so I, I judge based upon the fruit, and and I see fruit in your life, and that was that was an incredibly awesome moment, and it was it was a very reaffirming. Uh, it's like okay, I, I can have I have relationships, and the at that point I had relationships in the hundreds, many hundreds of other believers who had left the institution of the church, but who still held on to their doctrinal beliefs. And it was never an issue. But occasionally, throughout the years, there'd be a number of people where I'd meet them at a conference, and they're like, oh, so you're a believer. Where do you go to church? And my answer would be right here. And they're like, huh? What do you mean by that? I said, well, are you a believer? I'm, they're like, yeah. And I'm like, well, I am as well. 
And doesn't the Bible say wherever two or more are gathered in his name, there I am in their midst? Yeah, and I said, well, are we not the church? Oh, yeah, but where do you go to church on the weekend? I don't. And, you know, there there was always a little bit of an awkwardness about that. Now, some people were able to overcome it, and some people kind of just switched the conversation and, um, shall I say, put a little distance between themselves and myself. And so I've, I've witnessed this over the year. I totally understand it. And it's and it's not been a major issue for me with me for 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 quite some time. When I first left the institution of the church, there were some circumstances that that uh, catalyzed and made or that were the catalyst for that decision back in 2011, September 2011. And I must say, there was a a, a period of time, relatively short, maybe six months or so where I felt a little bit of a victim and and I felt like I had been on the receiving end of some trauma and and held a little bitterness, a little resentfulness for some things that were done and said throughout the years involved in ministry and things of that nature. But over time, all of that was healed and that has never been an issue for me. And, and since then, I have a great amount of respect and appreciation for all that I'd ever experienced through the institution of religion and specifically through all of the various different branches of that that I have had the privilege of partaking in over the years, including some of the things that that at the time seemed like I was the victim. But in fact, I, I understand that those people were simply doing the best they can with what they had to work with, and if I had their same belief system, if I had the same way of seeing things, their same experiences, some of the same ways that they, their patterns of thinking, I I would have done I would have done and or said all of the same things they did. In fact, I have done and or said several things to many people through all of my years in official ministry that. I, <laughs> where I shunned the non-believer, that that I, or at least gave stern warnings and and all this other stuff. Anyway, where is all of this coming from? Well, I want to. I, I have had a desire to just speak openly about all of whatever it is that I'm experiencing, what I'm evaluating, what I'm what I'm what I'm being exposed to through my journey of life, and especially on my spiritual journey through life. And this episode, when I started episode 135 of this podcast, it was the beginning of a new season, I think was the title of that. And when I did that, I'm like, oh, wow, I have this great level of confidence, and I have what's called a very high level of consciousness. And I just realized that I believe the folks who are mowing my lawn decided to show up. Is that, are they here mowing my lawn or is that my next door neighbor mowing his lawn? I can't tell, but I'm just going to continue to go on. With this already being 11 minutes, oh my gosh, how long are some of these episodes going to be? But anyway, uh, when I did episode 135, and let me look and see when that was, I, I was like on a roll. 
In fact, I'm, I'm looking here. That was July of 2021. So that was two years ago. I'm recording this July of 2023. So it's been two years since I had that courage and confidence to boldly speak about this spiritual awakening, this deconstructing of all that I had unconsciously chosen to believe throughout my spiritual heritage coming up in in the religious and faith communities that I did so that I would be accepted by others just adopting whatever would make it easy for me to stay in relationship and in community with those people, feeling that my overall well-being was dependent upon being accepted by this community. I didn't know it at the time that that's what was going on, but throughout my journey, and especially through the spiritual waking, I've become very clear that that's exactly how I came to believe all of the things that I did. It is, is I am a product of whatever, my ego, my personality as Cliff Ravenscraft, the evangelical, fundamentalist, Protestant, Christian minister that believes all of these things, that was a construction of all of the things that I had adopted throughout all of my years of life that allowed me to be in fellowship and in community and in good standing and being acceptable by this very large community of people in the world known as Orthodox Christians. And for and so again, episode one thirty five was when I started that back, and in episode one thirty six, July thirtieth of twenty twenty one, am I a heretic? That's a very good episode, by the way. And if you haven't listened to it, I would encourage you to to get a feel of where I'm at today. <laughs> and by the way, the answer is yes. By definition, I am a heretic, and actually, by definition, I'm also an apostate. I believe, if I think, is what we came to the conclusion there. But again, that was two years ago. Uh, episode 137, is it possible to be in control of your thought and emotional life? That's a that's a so-so episode. That was an episode of Cliff Ravenscraft Show. So was episode 138, a divine spiritual being having a human experience. Those are very easy, um, bite-sized, consumable. I felt even confident enough to put that in my main podcast, The Cliff Ravenscraft Show. Uh, then episode 139, uh, it, it, there was uh, from May of 2022... Uh, Yeah, so we're already into the next summer. Uh, Episode 139, Intuition and Channeling. Now, that one got into a little bit more of my esoteric side and my little mysticism, you know, modern-day mystic kind of feeling side of who I am. And gosh, I I was very open with that. And I don't think there's ever been an episode of a podcast that I put out that was more raw and vulnerable than 140. May 19th of 2022, what is light language? And I can't even believe I did what I did at the end of episode 140. Uh, If there's ever been an episode that I've considered deleting just out of fear, which I'm not going to give into, uh, it would be episode 140. Uh, and, And there's no reason for it. It is definitely a part of my journey, and I'm not ashamed of it, and so therefore it stays. Episode 141 Gosh, is let me see if I can read the show notes on 141. In this episode, I'm joined with Brett Bethany Dixon, where I had a very authentic conversation about our spiritual journey as Christians who have ventured beyond the doctrines that we had grown up with. Uh, Think Link is a document that I oh it says it should say this link is a document that I wrote. 
And yeah, this document is still active. And so this is a document that I wrote that, oh my gosh, they are here. This is my lawn people and they're going to be going in and out and the weed eater is going to be here in a little bit. But you get real authentic, raw Cliff Ravenscraft in studio, even if there's this lawn stuff happening behind me. But yeah, so the idea, um, episode 141, I will not taste death. That that will tell you just how far my beliefs as it comes to my faith in Christ, it, it's it's gone well beyond what I grew up with as a doctrinal stance. Episode 142, Hearing God Speak, an Esoteric Teaching of Jesus, that was June of 2022. Uh, EOTC Mystery School was July of last year, so this was a year ago. Uh, we talked about Sikhism, judgment, reincarnation, past lives, and karma. And that that is an incredibly powerful episode. Episode 144, I talked about inner child healing, quieting the mind, and much more. Episode 145, following my own path. Episode 146, this question of how do you evaluate any text or teaching that presents itself as inspired? And so with these episodes, I, I you know, I, I, there's been a number of times where I've come out here and I'm like, I feel confident enough. I feel strong enough. I feel uh, bold enough. I feel courageous enough to come out and speak openly about what it is I believe today and what I'm experiencing today. But there are times where I either get distracted and, and I'm like, I'm going to come back and I want to continue to do that. But sometimes I will drop into what's called a lower level of consciousness and I can become fearful again of things that I'd overcome previously. And what is it that I would be fearful of? It would be fear of being shunned as a non-believer from this community See, when I, I, I told you I built this business where all of a sudden, you know, I would say, and, and this could be could be vastly off, but I would say that at least 60% or more of my overall audience, when it comes to the people who have paid me money for products and services, going all the way back to my podcast Answer Man days, and certainly any of my other mindset answer man and stuff like that, all of this stuff, about 60% or more of those people would come from an orthodox Christian doctrinal view. Now, they may not all be evangelicals, they may not all be fundamentalist evangelicals, but 60% of my or more of my audience would probably self-identify as Christian and if you were to give them a doctrinal creed, such as the Apostles' Creed or whatever, I would say there is a there is obviously going to be some over. There's going to be some disagreements between certain statements here and there, but a majority of the most fundamental doctrinal stances, there would be a high level of agreement. And they would agree to just disagree about some of the others. But fundamentally, they you know, that that's it. And a part of that belief system is that this way of believing 
is the only way of believing, and if you teach anything else, then you are a false believer, a false teacher. You are leading people astray. All of that other stuff. And my fear was, has and had been, up to that point, and 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 it's been off and on over the years. And I'm, I believe that I'm over it. And we'll we'll talk about today what's recently happened. But um, my fear has been: how would this impact my my financial well being and the well being of my fam- family? financially, if I were open about the things that I most feel called to talk about in my relationship with God today, in my pursuit of my spiritual life, which is so far outside of the rails of what's exe- what has been accepted by my spiritual heritage, my faith heritage. And quite frankly, a lot of people would, by their own conditioned belief systems, it would be required of them in some way to shun me as a non-believer, to, to, to do whatever's within their power to lovingly try to win me back and warn me how far I've strayed off the, the right and holy path, an acceptable path to God. And if that can't be done, then, uh, you know, at, at least, at best, to put me outside of their fellowship and to and and maybe even warn others about me. And that that quite frankly was a significant fear for me. Now, I slowly started to dip my toes in the water. I I began sharing privately in my Train with Cliff audio journal podcast over at trainwithcliff.com by the way. And I did a lot of episodes on my spiritual, my, you know, faith journey update one through probably, I don't know, 17, 27. There, there's lots of those episodes that are in that feed where I was very openly and authentically sharing my spiritual journey there with just my inner circle of people who are most interested. Then um, one day I put out a pop- podcast episode with my friend Ray Edwards about the four agreements. And at the end of that episode, I gave a little bit of an update and said, hey, I want to just say this. And, you know, for the record, I've expanded some of my beliefs and I just, you know, I just want to share where I am today and my exploration. And I'm, I no longer believe this. And right after that, I did get um, one person immediately unsubscribed from my Train with Cliff Audio Journal said, Cliff, I just want to let you know I love you, I respect you, uh, but I have always contributed to Train with Cliff Audio Journal as a result of I just really believe in the ministry you're doing in the world, the way that you serve others, and and there was an alignment with what you believed and what I believe, and given your statement in the most recent, at the end of your most recent podcast, this is quite some time ago, um, I, I, it's it's clear that there's no longer alignment with your teachings and what I believe, and I just it, it feels out of alignment for me to support that financially, and that's why I'm withdrawing my my contribution and, and my support of the Train with Cliff Audio Journal. And I really appreciated that. I, I genuinely did. I mean, I, I I kind of expected that some would do that, uh, and you know, others followed suit without any explanation. And and those things happen. Back in January of 2023, I had a situation where I had a gentleman who joined my Next Level Mastermind for self-employed business owners. 
And in our original conversations and my serving him, we everything that he had ever brought up was all focused business, business, business. And I invited him into the Next Level Mastermind. And he said yes, and he committed for an entire year. And then what happened was in somebody else's hot seat, they brought up a very spiritual-related question. And I had an opportunity. I could filter what I would say so that I would be accepted by everyone in the mastermind group and I wouldn't have to worry about any judgment or uh, saying anything that might be contrary to deep-held beliefs for other people in the group. But uh, one member in the group talked about his experience in a two-week Buddhist retreat many years ago back in the 80s in India And he's been reading some materials and stuff like that and wanted to hear everyone's thought about law of attraction and God or source or universe and do you believe and how does that apply to you and the things that you do in your business? All right, here comes the weed eater in the background now. You you may hear just very little of this. I hear it a lot more, so I apologize if I keep pointing it out. It's annoying to you. In fact, let me just go ahead and take a drink of water. All right, continuing on. So the, so what happened was he, he wanted to know, what do you guys think about this? And this client that, I, that came on board and agreed to be in, a, in the mastermind, he had already paid two payments of $1,250 a month. He had agreed to pay a total of $15,000 over the year. That's, that's the, it's a one-year commitment to the next level mastermind minimum. Many people stay on for multiple years. But anyway... Uh, After making two payments, it was two or three days before his next payment was due to come out. Um, He this question came up in our hot seat, and then he was the first person to answer. He goes, first of all, I want to let you know that I'm a Christian, and I believe that the Bible is the only authority that we should base our lives and our beliefs upon. And this is what I believe. Blah 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 blah. And 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 it was very well spoken. Very well communicated, and quite frankly, I didn't I didn't see anything wrong with what he shared, other than his you know statement that you know that Jesus you know as described in the Bible and as you know and, and not only that but you know and and in the way that this and and it has a lot of doctrinal statements in there that this is the only way. It basically saying that anyone who is not a Christian who and who agrees with this doctrine, that basically they will burn in hell. He did not say that, but the the implication uh, was was very much there. Everybody in the group knew that this is his belief and what he was stating, and everyone in the group totally received it with non judgment with no hard feelings whatsoever at all. I mean, he was the first one to share. And then everyone else gave an opportunity to share. We have another member in the group who is an atheist. He says, listen, I I don't have any belief in anything. But here's, here's what I kind of believe. And everyone in the group, except for one, this person, uh, received that incredibly well, and 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 so finally it came down to my turn. And and again, I had an opportunity. I had an opportunity. Should I say something, given that this person's here and he holds this strong belief? 
should I say something that would be acceptable and filtered to appease his belief system, um, or should I say something that that is more aligned with what I believe today in, in response to this person's question? Now, I did use, I did not use filters, but I used language that very much answered the person's question. It was authentic to my experience, but quite frankly, wouldn't ruffle the 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 feathers of of this person. But then another person in the group says, "Hey Cliff, have you ever had any experience with and I think it was astral projection?" Now, if you know anything about astral projection, it's a very it's it's relative to metaphysical, esoteric and maybe even in some cases people might say new age philosophy and 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 that sort of thing although it's a part of a lot of traditions just used many different ways of describing it in language not every path that that has a belief in astral projection calls it astral projection but i had then i had a in then i had an opportunity i could either pass on the question i could i could say hey why don't we have a conversation personally one on one you know after the meeting i'd be happy to tell you more about my thoughts and experiences and things of that nature or i could just quickly answer that question for whatever reason i felt led instantly to go ahead and say well yes i have had an experience and in fact this was the experience and by the way i and i said this i said I completely accept that this could be could have been a psychological experience only in my imagination. I am not saying this is actually true. This is actually what happened, but what I just described to you is what I experienced. And it was as far as I can tell as real of an experience as me sitting here having this meeting with you today. That's pretty much all that I said. And uh, the very next day, I got an email from this person saying, hey, Cliff, I've got money issues. I need to drop out of the group. Please cancel my membership immediately. And the reality is, is that, I mean, he may have been experiencing some financial situations, but uh, there was enough that I knew about him. I said, hey, I, I, I understand you're having some financial situations I'd love to jump on a call with you. I believe that I could give you a script for an email that you could send to your list of 6,000 people. I mean, you've given us so much background, and I even have not, you know three hours more background on his situation and scenario. I know exactly what he wants to create. I know exactly the community he has, and I, and I knew one email that I had just sent to my audience, and I'm like, I have no doubt in my mind that you could generate, I don't know if I said $12,000 or $15,000 or even $20,000. But um, I'm absolutely convinced that in a single session, and I'm I'm absolutely happy to give you that and then find out what the results are and give you a second complimentary. So two complimentary 90-minute one-on-one for an emergency cash infusion session. Not everybody has the resources to be able to pull this off. He did. And so I said, um, you know, are you interested? And I then I said, and by the way, if this ha- if your decision has anything to do with what I talked about in in response to so and so's hot seat, I hope you'd be honest and and tell me that that's the situation. 
And then the person emailed me back and said, listen, Cliff, um, you know, I, I really am having financial situations. He did not either accept or deny or reject my offer. He just ignored my offer to help him. So um, I'm looking for this email. He says, I want to cancel my monthly subscription to the Next Level Mastermind. I waited till the end of the month. This is after I offered him two complimentary sessions that are pretty much guaranteed. It's pretty much I said, listen, let let me give you two complimentary sessions. Let me give you an email. If you will agree to send this email to your 6,000 people on your list you will get this kind of response. And and I didn't say it. Maybe I coulda, shoulda, woulda, whatever. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. I coulda said, listen, I, I guarantee you, you will get enough result. You'll be able to not only make the difference of what you were hoping to earn this month, but it would pay for the remainder of your year in the next level mastermind. It, it's just, I'm absolutely certain of that. This is, that's the level of confidence. But he didn't even address the fact that I made him this offer. He says, yes, Cliff, I want... Uh, and, and my final thing, I said, or do you still want me to cancel your monthly subscription and tell everybody in the group that you've left? And so he writes, yes, Cliff, I want to cancel my monthly subscription to the Next Level Mastermind. I waited till the end of the month to try to earn more income for my business, but I actually lost income, which is why I'm no longer able to continue. That's his first line. Again, totally ignoring the fact that I've just offered him three hours of one-on-one session, a scripted email that he could change with his own wording that would almost be guaranteed to get him, I don't know, $12,000, $15,000, $20,000 from his list of 6,000 people. He just had, he, he would just need from me a little bit of encouragement to overcome the fear of sending that email. Uh, but he ignored that offer continuing. He's like, no, I don't have the money. That's why I'm no longer. And then here's the second line. I had decided this before our last mastermind, and I wanted to wait until after that meeting to cancel. That being said, here it is. Our last meeting would have given me pause to continue anyway due to my deep personal convictions and values. He says, I have great respect for you, and I will continue to have respect for you, Respect for you, but I need to cancel my membership. Thanks again for everything. And that's it right there. So it's very clear, had he had no financial situation, had I even given him three hours and helped him generate $20,000 from sending a single email to his list of 6,000 people, even if I were to do that for him, the meeting that we had just had would have given him pause to continue his membership because of his deep personal convictions and values. Thus, do you understand, this is somebody who is a very deeply, has deeply held convictions about his, his doctrinal Christian beliefs, a, a, a Christian within my community, who says, I cannot financially contribute to the work that you're doing. I don't want to be influenced by you now now that I know that you don't um what's the validate the way that I see things. And and I don't want to be exposed to someone who might lead me astray. 
and 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 who will present to me ideas that would distract me from what the Bible said is says is true. And so, quite frankly, this you know I, I began to start slowly seeing people leave because of me being more open about where I am and what I'm experiencing on my spiritual journey. So, of course, I journaled through that, and I, you know, if you know anything about the law of attraction, I you could, one could argue I totally manifested that situation. I put a lot of attention in my mind with fear on this undesired outcome, and my point of attraction, if you will, was to experience what it is that I had created as an image in my mind with lots of emotion to it. If you don't know about the law of attraction, stick around to this podcast if you're interested. You'll certainly hear a lot about it at some point in the future and maybe many, many times. So I want to share with you what I, I, you know, I began to journal about some of these things. And uh, on January 27th, I remembered an email exchange that I had with another member of my community. Uh, so that was January 27th, 2023. So that was this January, this year in 2023. I'm recording this in July of 2023. But back in September of 2022, I got an email from, I'll just say, uh, a community member. I'm going to leave the person's name out. But this, um, and by the way, I just recognized that I totally gave him a different name anyway. I see his I see his, his name in the email, and I now notice that I have logged this under a completely different name. It doesn't matter. The name doesn't matter. The, the scenario and the word and the email exchange is this idea, this, this warning of leaving the acceptable belief system, Cliff. You cannot leave this. So here's what I wrote in my journal. Back on September 12th, 2022, so-and-so sent me the following email regarding my email newsletter on how to cultivate a healthy relationship with money and drastically increase your income. So this was a very non-spiritually related email, and I had shared some affirmations, and one of them was an affirmation that I copied from Tony Robbins. And of course, I gave Tony Robbins credit for this affirmation. And this person says, hey, Cliff, great thoughts on money. Can you explain your understanding of this statement from Tony? And he quotes one line of this affirmation. For I am one with God and he is everything, and everything is in all capital letters. And then the next line, it says, it sounds new age to me instead of biblical. Maybe I'm misreading it. I know God created everything, but he isn't his creation. Uh, Thank you, and then he signs his name. All right, so my response started with so-and-so, I can explain I can explain my own personal meaning and reason for adopting the affirmation that includes the quote for I am one with God and he is everything. Um then uh he sent me the following so basically I said I I can't I can't say that uh that you know 
I, I can explain what Tony means by it, but this is what how it, it fits in with what I believe. And and of course, I was able to write it in a way, and, and of course, it, it did it did fit a biblical narrative the way that I had explained it. Now, do I have a broader perspective beyond the Bible that gives me even more insight into what I believe? Yes. Did I think it was necessary to share it with this individual? No, because I already knew that he would argue and he would he would he he would be up for a debate. And I'm just not interested in the debate. So I I was able to write authentically and truly how I can perceive that statement and show that it fits with all of the and, and I shared some pretty incredible uh, documented biblical uh, te- uh, text that support all of the key words in that statement. And then uh, he says, yeah, I, and then he responds, yeah, I know how you and I mean it as believers. We mean that he is my everything. And actually that was, a, he, he did not, I did not say that. So he's actually now putting words in my mouth because I did not say he, well, he is my everything. That's not what I said to him. Um, he is everything is what I said. I, and, and he's already wanting me to, he's, he's already suggesting that, oh, okay, Cliff, I, okay, good. You're a believer. And as you and I are believers, we know that we mean this. And I'm like, there's already a little bit of, of that in there. Here's his next lines, though. I think people who pray to the universe are not following Jesus. Now, he's changed the subject here. So far, there was nothing in this email talking about praying to the universe. But he's now introducing a brand new topic, and he's now sharing with me his opinions and his doctrinal beliefs, and there's nothing in my original email newsletter that relates to this, and I certainly haven't asked him for this belief, and I've not asked him for a debate about philosophy in any way, shape, or form, but now he's like, okay, I've got an opportunity to talk to Cliff now. Yeah, I know how you and I mean it as believers. We mean that he is my everything. And then he says, I think people who pray to the universe are not following Jesus. Next line. Are you studying the ancient, and by the way, he's referring to the fact that I am studying ancient and new age philosophies, uh, because I did talk about that. Um, So, okay, maybe I did open the door for this one. Anyway, he says, Are you studying the ancient and new age philosophies to learn something in general? Or are you seeking something you feel Christianity and the Bible appear to be missing? Then his next question, do you consider other religious texts to be a valid source of truth and a way to learn about God? And do they provide access to God? So I'm going to share with you my email response to this community member. Here's what I wrote. I am following Jesus, but I am totally cool with those who pray to the universe or source. Not saying that anyone else should be cool with it, 
but I am cool with it. I am studying ancient and new age philosophies because I love to learn. It helps me understand what others believe, how they perceive and experience God, and why they actually do or say the things they do and say. I have a firm belief that if you want to influence someone, you are most likely to do so if you can understand and appreciate why they believe what they believe. Paul did this when he spoke about a city and their many gods. I am not seeking Christianity or the Bible. Let's see. I am not seeking because Christianity or the Bible appear to be missing anything. By the way, let me just break free from my email to him. I do believe Christianity as an institution is missing a lot. I do believe the Bible is missing a lot. I have an incredible amount of respect for the Bible. I do not any longer believe the Bible to be the infallible word of God. I do not claim I do not believe the Bible to be the ultimate authority on God. I do not believe it to be a perfectly inspired work of God. I do believe it to be to contain inspired works of God. I do uh, I do uh, have a, a cr- incredible amount of respect for an incredible amount of value and and things that it brings to the table. I believe that much of it is very much a real, authentic, genuine account of a certain sect of early Christians who wrote. I believe that the source material is authentic. I don't think it's without error. I don't think there's been very many humans that have walked this earth that have all perception of everything there is to know about God and I don't believe that God dictated these words to people. I, I believe that they at times channeled God and that spirit and that intuition, the Christ mind, Christ consciousness. And I believe there is a good deal of that. But I also believe that much of what was was put into there was based upon also the understanding and the cultural situation of the day and a lot of the interpretations of what those things are. Uh, The only authority I believe that the Bible has is the authority that you give it. And while I believe that there is an incredible amount of respect that I have for those who have had a direct experience with God and wrote about their experiences, I believe those are incredibly valuable. But I do think it I, I do not think everything that you would need to experience God is contained in the Bible. I think that everything you need to experience God you could find in the Bible. Um, but it, and, and I believe the Bible could lead you to that experience. But I believe that Jesus said in his teachings that when he left his disciples, he would would send them a helper. The Spirit of God would be something that would be within them that would be their helper. And I, I don't recall any teaching in the Bible where Jesus says, I will send you a book that will be your authority and your handbook for how to interface in your relationship with me. 
I just haven't found that. As a matter of fact, I'm not sure I remember anything where Jesus said, hey, this is important, write this down. I, I can't can't recall that anywhere in there also. Um, what I do know is the Bible also does seem to be missing some other books uh, that that were chosen to be left out. One that's most important to me personally, one that I value just as highly. I, by the way, I do highly, highly value the Bible, and I do believe that there's much in there that is the inspired work of God in the lives of of those who are involved in writing it. Not all of it. I think some of it is 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 you know the, it comes to the shortcoming of man's ability and the dropping of consciousness in certain areas. I certainly don't agree with um, you know slavery. I don't gr- agree with the unequal tr- treatment of women in ministry and and a lot of things. So yeah, I, I do I do believe that Christianity and the Bible do appear to be missing things, but. Here's the thing. In my email to this community member, I did write, I am not seeking, you know, information outside of Christianity and the Bible. I am not seeking because Christianity or and or the Bible appear to be missing anything. Now, I, 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 I that is authentic. That was not my reason for choosing to search elsewhere. However, here's the next line. I, I just I just knew that. Um, you know, while I believe that the Christianity and the Bible are missing things, I that's I, that's not why I was searching. There, there, I was. I it has been something so different. It was something that was being pulled from within me. I, I, in fact, I don't even know that I could say that I went searching for it. it what these things came searching for me. Anyway, continuing on in my email to this community member. I consider God to be the source of all truth. Now, that is true. I I don't consider the Bible to be the source of all truth. I don't consider Christianity's doctrine, orthodox doctrine, fundamentalist doctrine. I don't consider those things to be the source of all truth. I consider God to be the source of all truth. I certainly see the Bible as an incredible wealth of truth, is what I wrote to him. I believe that if God could reveal truth from Balaam's donkey, if he wants to, uh, so if so, I, I said, I, I, okay, I believe that God could reveal truth from Balaam's donkey if he wants to. So it would not be too difficult for me to think that God has spoken through some other religious texts. I consider, quote-unquote, living to be a way to learn about God. I believe that Christ alone provides access to God. Now, it's very clear to me that, and I put Christ in quotation marks, I believe that Christ consciousness is the only way to God. And I believe that there, I do believe that Jesus was an embodiment of Christ consciousness manifest and incarnated on this earth. So I believe that Jesus, as human, uh, was an enlightened, fully spiritually, one with God, Son of God, the Messiah, the Anointed One, which is Christ consciousness. And I believe that when Jesus said the words, I am the way, the truth, 
and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. I do not think he was speaking as me, Jesus, this Galilean. It's no, me, one with Christ's consciousness in this state of being. I am one with the Father, and he is one with me. And in this mindset, in this state of mind, in this state of spiritual oneness, this Christ consciousness alone is the only way to the Father. And so now I didn't go beyond that, and I did not explain that. I just said I do. I believe that, quote-unquote, Christ alone it, uh, provides access to God. And then I put Cliff. Now, he responded, and I'll share with you his response in just a moment. But here's the situation. Um, I, I do, just for you, I believe that there are many who have experienced full oneness with God who may have never heard the name Jesus and may who may never hear the name Jesus because I believe that Christ consciousness is not limited to the historical man, Jesus. I, I believe that the historical man was a physical representation of the eternal Christ consciousness that has always existed and that has been available to many people throughout all history of humanity. Anyway, he responded. Um, let's see here. He says, Cliff, I love people... He says, I love people like Jesus taught us. And he says, for me, I'm not cool with people who pray to the universe being deceived and lost being far from God. Well, first, okay, so I'm going to just stop right there. First and foremost, um, thinking that people are deceived and lost, how can how can he judge the status of a soul of another being. I, I don't understand that. And I also can't understand this concept of being far from God. Uh, that, that is one thing I never could understand. If God is omnipresent, meaning that he is present everywhere, where could one go to be far from God? It does not line up for me. Anyway, that was his first statement. Now, his next one, he references two online influencers who are friends of mine. And I'm just going to call them Influencer 1 and Influencer 2. So, here's the next line. Influencer 1 now refers to the universe instead of the God of the Bible. I don't think he considers himself to be a follower of Christ any longer. Well, I happen to know influencer number one, and I also happen to know that influencer one has never considered himself to be a Christian or a follower of Jesus. So I've had that conversation personally with influencer number one. So it's not something that he's ever left. It's just that he he definitely was very much in great standing and great relationship with a, num- a number of Christians, including myself and some very other incredibly well-known influencers. 
And just because he also spoke on the stages and and was well-respected and also endorsed by these other massive Christian influencers, there's just this, this assumption that he must also be a follower of Jesus. And so... Um, there's a lot of assumption there. Anyway, again, I don't know why that was important for this community member to bring this up to me, but now he continues. He says, influencer number two, who also was a former worship leader, has followed the same path of talking about the universe instead of the God of the Bible. I don't think he considers himself to be a follower of Christ any longer either. Now, I know follower number two as well, and I happen to ha- it, it, I happen to have had many conversations with influencer number two, and while he may no longer hold the same Christian doctrinal orthodox beliefs, I would say that influencer number two, just as much as I do, very much considers himself to be a follower of Christ and also has maybe different interpretations of of who this God of the Bible is. And uh, there, there's certainly a lot to be said about that. I, 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 matter of fact, I'm convinced, you know, a lot of people talk about the their fear of being influenced by people who are, you know, believe in many gods, well, I can tell you right now, there is no such thing as one God of the Bible. There's not. I, I I can tell you from my background, go back and listen to episode 000 of this podcast. Methodist, Wesleyan, Baptist, Southern Baptist, Lutheran, Calvinist, uh, Reformed, you know, all that stuff. Then there's um, Assembly of God, Pentecostal, Catholicism, uh, and 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 we could go all the different branches who all have an incredible amount of dedication to the Bible. I can tell you right now, it, I, I could actually ask them to write about the God of the Bible, and we'd come around, we'd come out with about five or six or seven different gods. There, there is no such thing as one God of the Bible. There are, there are people's interpretation of what the Bible states who God is. And there's a lot of people who believe their interpretation of who God is of the Bible is the God, the one true God. But I, the thing is, I believe there's only one true God. That, that, you know, that, that's the thing. Anyway, he continues on. He says, this seems to be a trend in the online marketing space of people letting go of their Christian faith and trading it for feel-good New Age philosophies. I guess it sells better. Judgment Day may not go so well, though. (laughs) There is one name under heaven by which we are all saved, which is Jesus. Which, by the way, I, I don't believe that in the time of Jesus, any of his followers ever said the name Jesus in their lifetime. I don't believe that Jesus's mother Mary, nor do I believe that his father Joseph, I believe that Joseph of Arimathea may have been his uncle, but I'm pretty sure that Joseph of Arimathea never said the name Jesus, Mary never said the name Jesus, 
Um, there, there's, uh, let's see here. Joseph never said the name Jesus. Mary Magdalene never said the name Jesus. Um, I don't think that Peter or Paul or um, John, John the Baptist, who was his cousin, not one of those people ever used the name Jesus, never once spoke the name Jesus. Because Jesus is not his name. It, it was, it, depending on how it's pronounced, it's, it's more like Yahshua or Yeshua. Uh, but but there, if, if you want to if you want to claim that this human bodied version of one man and, and that he is not Christ consciousness and there's been no other form of Christ consciousness that's existed outside of this human body that was incarnated as Yeshua, well, then there would only be one name under heaven which we would be saved, and that would be Yeshua. How did we get this one? So why are we so why are we so hooked on Jesus as the name? Anyway, uh, but let's go back to this other part. This seems to be a trend in online marketing space. Who cares where it's a trend? Um, by the way, why he says um, he, letting people letting go of their Christian faith and and trading it in for feel feel good New Age philosophies? I want to tell you, I have been head dove deep head first into New Age philosophy, and I respect an incredible amount of New Age philosophy, and some of it just doesn't resonate with me at all. But the things that do resonate with me and the and the new age philosophies, a lot of it are not feel good stuff. In fact, it really encourages you to do the things that Jesus taught, which is to die to yourself. And and basically, that is bringing an end to your ego persona conditioned way of experiencing and being in the world and identifying with your bodily material realm uh, there's matter of fact there's a lot of new age philosophy that is in perfect alignment with what jesus or yeshua actually taught and it's not feel good stuff there's a lot of inner healing that goes through and i will tell you uh, it, it there, there's a something called in the spiritual awakening community it's called the dark night of the soul it's it's um what is it's facing your shadows there's there's a lot that goes into this mary magdalene uh there's that she she went through a very new age experience in her time with jesus and re- removing from herself and and this not seven demons in the way that I was taught to think about demons, but seven incredibly powerfully strongholds of belief systems that she had to remove from herself so that she could experience oneness with Christ. Anyway, uh, so first of all, anyone who is embracing New Age philosophies, uh, it's it's not all feel-good stuff. Now, certainly, there's a lot of New Age philosophy that talks about only feel good and and pursue this and that. But if you study deeper, um, and 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 one who has deep held beliefs about all of these things, um, you know, there there's certainly people out there that that just go in and they go in with blinders on, in the same way that somebody goes into the Bible with blinders on and only looks at it a certain way and the certain way that certain people teach it. 
yeah, there there are some new age philosophies out there that that just they just follow the feel good stuff and and they don't necessarily grow spiritually or feel any closer to God or the the source or the universe or all that is any more than a Bible believing Christian does inside of the Christian church. So I I I see the feel good stuff in the Christian church and I see the feel-good stuff there, although I, I see a lot more guilt and shame in the Christian church than I do, and, and fear-based stuff in the Christian church, which, and, and by the way, I guess it sells better. You know, boy, let, let's let's just go ahead and completely not have conversations with any of those individuals, and let's just assume that the reason why they're doing what they're doing is all about the money. Hmm. Anyway, I've I've seen that before. I've seen judgment without taking time to really understand and appreciate why people are experiencing what they're experiencing. By the way, I know influencer number one and I know influencer number two incredibly well. And I know personal stories about those individuals. And I know some of the deep trauma that they've experienced. And this person knows nothing about those things because have they talked about them publicly? No, they have not. And, and, and you know what, I, I've been in deep conversations about some of their journeys and I can totally understand why they've gone down the path. And I can promise you it's not because it sells better. It's not because it sells better. It doesn't sell better. And sure you, you may, but when your community has been based upon such a high percentage of Bible believing Christians, the God of the Bible Christians, when they hear that you do this, you actually have more to lose than you do have to gain. Now, that's short term because ultimately there have been, you know, there's far more people who have moved beyond this this dogged religious philosophy. And not that they're any better. I'm not any better. I, I still fully endorse and appreciate people who continue to believe that way. So, uh, and, and, and I th- it served me incredibly well while I was in it. So much of my learning came from that experience, and, and I'm, I'm thankful for it. And I genuinely mean that. I don't, it's not a platitude. Uh, but this idea that judgment, may, judgment day may not go so well, and I'd say to that, by what evidence do you have to support that? What evidence do you have to support that anyone has experienced this judgment you fear so much for them? What evidence do you have? And um, and and so there, there's so much to be said about that. And it's not the point of this conversation. It's, it's just this is these these are the emails that will come in for somebody who has a very large audience that come from this bible believing evangelical fundamentalist doctrinal stance of everything and and stuff and that's what i'm demonstrating here so this person is wondering should i continue to follow cliff or should i shun him as a non-believer so moving right along his next line in the email. I am not a universalist. I think Jesus meant it when he talked about never knowing some people. 
Well, it's I appreciate the fact that this person's not a universalist and he that that he has a strong held belief that the creator of all things will damn to hell for all eternity anyone who does not hear about him and accept him and do what they believe is interpretation from the Bible as the only means of living an eternal life. You, that, if that's your prerogative, uh, or that is your prerogative to believe that, and that's perfectly fine. I once also was not a universalist. I once also believed that the God of the Bible, or at least my God of the Bible, or my gods of the Bible that I came to know throughout my lifetime, um, were because they weren't the same. It, 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 and there's a lot that I could say about that. But anyway, I also, at a long time ago, wasn't a universalist. But if you were to ask me today, am I a universalist? Well, I, who could be a loaded word. What does that mean? Do, but the simple question is, do I believe that ultimately every human in existence who's ever been in existence will return to oneness with God? And the answer is yes, I am that. And if that in your mind makes me a universalist, I am. Um, now, do I believe that uh, Jesus will uh, have some people will leave this world um, in the in this physical incarnation, and by the way, I do believe in reincarnation, so I believe in multiple lives, which I used to never believe. But do I believe that now? Now again, I'm gonna I'm gonna remove the name Jesus, and I'm gonna remove and I'm gonna speak of Christ consciousness. So when some people leave this earth plane material existence and they transition from physical back into non physical. Will Christ consciousness look at that person and say, hmm, we have not had a relationship and you have not, you've not expressed a a desire to be one with me. I'm not going to force you. And so as a result of that, I do believe that Christ consciousness will say to some people, I, I, you never knew me. I, I, I've never, I never knew you. And as a result of that, you'll be sent back into another experience and you'll have as many opportunities as it will take. God is patient. He's not willing that any shall perish. And ultimately, everyone, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Christ consciousness is, in fact, the only way to the Father and ultimately, they will run out of the infinite number of things seeking to fulfill the void in their life, only to find that it was all within themselves, Christ consciousness, the whole time. And I believe that all will get there. Maybe not in this lifetime, though. Anyway, next, he says, I think we have to tell them about Jesus so that they have an opportunity to move beyond the deception of worshiping the creation like the Bible talks about in Romans 1. I I kind of wish that there would be some Christians out there that would talk about the deception of worshiping the Bible. Hmm. I mean, I respect and revere the Bible and the scriptures, and 
but but I don't worship the Bible. I don't. I am not putting the Bible as an image of God for me, and I'm not taking my beliefs about Jesus and my interpretations of other people's and, and my beliefs of other people's interpretations of what Jesus meant and whatever things meant and all these other things. And let's stay inside of this boundary of of these people who teach about this in a way that is under you know this is the orthodox understanding of how to believe and blah, 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 to be in good standing, blah, you know, all this stuff. I, I, that to me is an image of God. And and I, I seem to recall a warning about worshiping, worshiping images of God. So anyway, that, that, that he, then he says, I have followed you since 2012. I noticed a change in you and the way you talk about Christ and faith once you started getting around Tony Robbins. He seems to be following a universalist New Age religion. You don't seem like yourself when when you use their terminology. It doesn't come across as authentic to me. Now, do you, did you hear this statement? First and foremost, yes, Tony Robbins, I believe, Tony Robbins will say with his, he says, I don't care what you believe. To me, I am a Christian. I've heard that statement from Tony many different times. Now, is he also a universalist? I, I can't speak for Tony. I've never heard him say that some people are going to be damned in hell forever or all people will make it to heaven. I, I've never heard him speak one way or the other, so I, I, I'm not I'm not going to claim what he's following. Now, is he involved in some new age stuff? Yeah, sure. He's read. He's an incredibly well read person, and yes, he's interviewed and learned from an, an incredible number of people, and some of them would be and fall under the category of new age. So, yeah. And have I also evaluated some of those things? Yeah. All right. And so as a result of that, have I evolved in my own beliefs? Yeah. And if I am evolving and who I am today is changing, he says, I noticed a change in you. All right. If I am changing and I begin speaking in a new way and I begin using um, evolved terminology, in a way that's more inclusive of more people so that I can reach and encourage and equip and serve more people. If that's what I'm doing, that's me being authentic. Me being authentic is what I'm doing here right now. But do you hear, he's like, listen, Cliff, it, it doesn't come, when you use that terminology, it doesn't come across as authentic to me. You know, when you use that ter- terminology, you know, if you, I really want you to be who you were. I really wish you would go back to being your authentic, conditioned self. I really wish you would go back and authentically be that person who blindly accepted other people's interpretations about God, who blindly accepted that the Bible is inerrant, that the Bible is the only way, that this way of thinking about God is the only way of thinking about God. I wish you would go back to that authentic version of yourself because who you are today as a changed person doesn't seem authentic to me. Now, what's 
bothering this person is that I am coming across incredibly authentic and he doesn't like it. That's the situation. And here is the very final line. I am concerned for you as a brother in Christ. Please be careful. Now, I want to be so cautious with this next line. But I don't necessarily feel as... Um, I, I don't necessarily feel one with this person. I don't necessarily feel accepted by this person. I don't necessarily feel unconditionally loved by this person. So I'm wondering if I am in Christ, which I believe that I am, and he is in Christ which he believes that he is, then we are in two different Christs. Because his Christ and my Christ are different because I'm not feeling one with this person. I don't I, I, I'm not saying that I'm right. I'm just I'm just being authentic to what I'm processing as I'm recounting this story from you know, what was this again a year ago? Uh, this was, yeah, this is almost a year ago. So here's what I wrote next in my journal. I fully understand this reaction, and I also understand that client who left my mastermind. His response, these individuals have been fully indoctrinated to believe their interpretation of a version of Holy Scriptures. Uh, what a... What a shame that fear and condemnation is their response to one who has chosen a different path to God. One thought that has been recurring in my path forward has been, how will my own authentic journey in faith impact my future potential income? Yet I know that God is my sole provider and that while I may misperceive parts of my experience, my authenticity is not in question. My heart is in the right place. I have more to process process on this in Christ, Cliff. Um, and then I, I'm, I'm going to read from my journal. I don't care how long this episode goes. You can drop out anytime, and maybe if you saw the length of this episode, you've probably already dropped off. So quick follow-up. I desire to be in a place where I'm not impacted by those who are so attached to their fear-based beliefs that they are unable to be in a meaningful relationship with those who have never or no longer validate their beliefs. While I find value in carrying carrying a great deal of my Christian beliefs, which by the way, I do carry a great deal of my Christian beliefs, I have never been impressed by the parts of the doctrine that condemn those who have a relationship with our Creator outside of their our their own limited understanding. I am thankful for the new methods for which finances will flow towards me in Christ, Cliff. That's my journal entry. Now, a 
a couple days later, I so in that entry, I actually said, I have more to process on this. And I did. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to authentically read to you my journal entry for Sunday, January 29th, 2023. And this, this is going to go on for a while. So maybe if you want to take a break and come back and listen to from here forward as part two, that's perfectly fine. I'm going to take a drink of water. So... Sunday, January 29th, 2023, 10, 17 a.m. There's been a great deal of spiritual journey processing going on within this body and within this constructed personality. I now call forth a team meeting to process where things are now. Who would like to go first? I will, says my ego. So the, the next part here is my ego. And if you don't understand ego, higher self, and, and all this other stuff, that's okay. Uh, just 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 gl- glance over it and just say close to weirdo and it'll all be fine. But my ego decided to go first in this team meeting. So as you know, I have been charged with protection. Through the past few years, I have come to understand that my programmed and conditioned beliefs about what it means to be safe are not in alignment with allowing us to fully express the fullness of what we are capable of being and or doing in this world. I am getting better and better at being quote-unquote in sync with quote-unquote I am awareness inside of me. I am searching for new data to support a less limited, more empowering narrative. You may ask, why did I choose the words, quote-unquote, limitless narrative? The reason is that a, quote-unquote, check engine light comes on, letting, letting me know that such programming language is not compatible with the current makeup of code that is my current, quote-unquote, operating system of beliefs. In past meetings, I've cautioned us about what would happen if we began to speak openly about our current thoughts and beliefs about, quote-unquote, all that is, and then in brackets, a.k.a. God. On Friday, January 27th, uh, I chose to record my email communication from the client who left the Next Level Mastermind and an older email from that community member who I was just referring to uh, to document the the evidence for my concern. In the case of the client who left the next, next Level Mastermind, our sharing authentically about our recent spiritual explorations cost us an immediate $1,250 loss and a total $11,250 loss over the next nine months. Page two. What I had been concerned about is, and then uh, I quoted, that being said, our last meeting would have given me pause to continue anyway due to my deep personal convictions and values. What I have had in my stored memory banks is how I was once conditioned that every word of the Bible, in brackets I put approved versions, by the way, and approved interpretations, was an authority on all there is to believe about the one and only true God. 
My programming includes the following lines of code in the belief operating system. And here's Deuteronomy 6.15. For the Lord your God who is among you is a jealous God, and his anger will burn against you, and he will destroy you from the face of the land. Wow. Okay. Also, uh, Exodus 25 through 6 and also Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 5, 9, and 10 both say this. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. So again, I'm expressing, my ego is expressing lines of code that God is a punisher. God is a, a, a jealous God. God is a one who, okay, you get the idea. Here's Romans 16, 17 through 18. This is in my, this was ego saying, this is in my programming system. This is in my operating system of code, of beliefs. I urge you, brothers and sisters, to watch out for those who cause divisions and put obstacles in your way that are contrary to the teachings, a.k.a. doctrine, you have learned. Keep away from them, for such people are not serving our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. By smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the minds of naive people. All right, next one. 2 Thessalonians 3, 6. In the name of Lord Jesus Christ, we command you, brothers and sisters, to keep away from every believer who is idle and disruptive and does not live according to the teaching you received from us. By the way, I believe that the teaching that probably the Thessalonians that received from them is very different than the teachings that are a part of Christianity today, but it, that's a whole different story. Anyway, James 5, 19 through 20. My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should, bring, someone should bring that person back, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. Then there's Hebrews 13 through 17. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch of your souls as those who will have to give an account. All right. The next one is 1 Corinthians 5, 11 through 13. But I am not writing you that you must not associate. I'm writing to you that you must not associate with Anyone who claims to be a brother or sister, but is sexually immoral or greedy, an idolater or slanderer, which, by the way, there's a lot of sexually immoral and greedy people in the Christian church. There's a lot of idolaters, and there's plenty of slanderers, and there's drunkards and swindlers in the Christian church. But not a whole lot is done to shun those people unless it gets really public. But anyway, but here's the next one. Do not even eat with such people. Basically, shun the non-believer. Shun them. Shun the non-believer. Okay, what business is it of mine to judge those outside of the church? You know, for, you don't worry about. Sh- However, are you not to judge those inside? God will judge those outside. You you let care, but God will. <laughs> anyway, expel the wicked person from among you. 
There you go. Expel the wicked person from among you. And my ego is writing this. It's like, listen, my belief is that if you start saying things that are against what people have been taught to believe, they will expel you as a wicked person. They will shun you as a not, they will put you out of their fellowship. They will, they will leave you. They will stop following you. They'll ne- they may have been thinking about hiring you for years and all this other stuff, signing up for your programs and all that. They will never hire you now. They, in fact, not only that, they will expel you. They will warn other people to stay away from you. Anyway, uh, note, expel the wicked person among you or some variation of it is also found in Deuteronomy 13, verse 5, Deuteronomy 17, verse 7, Deuteronomy 19, verse 19, uh, Deuteronomy 21, verse 21, and Deuteronomy 22, verses 21 through 23. All right, my ego continues to write in the journal. That prophet, or by the way, this is Deuteronomy 13.5. That prophet or dreamer must be put to death for inciting rebellion against the Lord your God, who brought you out of Egypt and redeemed you from the land of slavery. That prophet or dreamer tried to turn you from the way the Lord your God commanded you to follow. You must purge the evil from among you. My ego continued to quote Deuteronomy verses 17, I'm sorry, chapter 17, verses 2 through 7. If a man or a woman living among you in one of the towns the Lord gives you is found doing evil in the eyes of the Lord your God, in violation of his covenant and contrary to my command, has worshipped other gods bowing down to them, or even the sun or the moon or the stars in the sky, and this has been brought to your attention, then you must investigate it thoroughly. If it is true and it has been proved that this is, it has been proved that this is detestable thing has been done in Israel, take that man or woman who has done this evil Uh, this evil deed to your city gate and stone that person to death. On the testimony or two or three witnesses, a person is to be put to death. All it takes is two or three people, testimony of just two or three, take them and put them to death. But no one is to be put to death on the testimony of only one witness. The hands of the witnesses must be first uh, in putting that person to death. So basically, the two or three, they must be the first one to throw the stones that will bring that person to their death. And then the hands of all people. You must purge the evil from among you. Note, It is 12.03 p.m., and it's time to go shopping for groceries with Stephanie. This meeting will continue at a later time in Christ Cliff. All right, so (laughs) the meeting was convened, and the team got together a little bit later. Sunday, January 29th. This is, the I'm pretty sure, the same day, but now it's 3.48 p.m. Team meeting from previous post now resumed. Ego continues. For thousands of years, expressing what I have experienced and what I believe today would be a certain death penalty. Even in my 50 years on this go-around on on earth, 
because I believe in multiple go-arounds on earth. It has been heavily conditioned such that a person that would believe or share what I believe today requires that I be labeled as a quote-unquote false teacher. But there were false prophets among the people. Uh, Let's see. Okay, so here is another quote. This is 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, and then uh, verses 17 through 19. But there were false prophets among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you. They will secretly introduce heresies, even denying the sovereign Lord who brought who bought them, bringing swift destruction on themselves. Many will follow the the depraved conduct and will bring the way of truth into disrepute. In their greed, these teachers will exploit you with their fabricated stories. Their condemnation has long been hanging over them, and their destruction has not been sleeping. These people are springs without water and mists driven by a storm. Blackest darkness is reserved for them. For they, for they mouth empty, boastful words, and by appealing to the lustful desires of the flesh, they entice people who are just escaping. They, they entice people who are just escaping those who live in error. They promise freedom while they themselves are slaved, slaves of depravity. For people are slaves to whatever has mastered them. Uh, let's see here. The next one is, um, it was the condition of these beliefs. Okay, Eagle continues to write here now. It was the conditioning of these beliefs that had led me to judge and accuse all of those who had faith in anything other than the faith in Jesus alone in the exact doctrines that I had been taught. As a fa- I labeled them as false teacher, and I thought, saw them as people to be avoided. Isn't it ironic that here I am today on the receiving end of that exact same judgment? Here's something that, that are the words of Jesus uh, quoted in Matthew verses, uh, chapter 7, verses 1 and 2. Do not judge or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the same measure you used, it will be measured to you. And yes, the way that I am being judged by some people from, you know, this this situation, I have said the exact same words they're saying to me to countless other people. Now, uh, let's see here. The ego continues. Thank you for allowing me, in brackets, ego, to share why I am sometimes triggered into fear and anxiety about authentically sharing my current faith journey pursuits openly. As I said, I am charged with safety, and there is still so much of this programming code that says that that at the least, being who I am today could cost me, cost me connections with Christian friends, uh, income loss from Christian clients, and at the most severe, it's not out of the picture even today some would still see such a con- such contrary beliefs as worthy of death and eternal punishment. With all that being said, I have grown a great deal, and I understand that I, ego, am a wave that appears for a season, and that I will dissolve back into my true essence, and that I have yet more to learn from my higher self. 
Next, I wrote, wow, thank you, ego, for sharing the cause of the triggered anxiety and worry about being bold about openly sharing our current beliefs and spiritual experiences. Next, my higher self decided to take the pen and write. I, higher self, would like to acknowledge just how amazing we have how amazing we have grown in these past three years. I want to remind us that this is what the message of Jesus was all about. In fact, we all are in sync today about how the teachings of Jesus clearly point to a doctrine so far removed from what we were taught. Let us continue to, quote-unquote, seek first the kingdom of God within and to trust and have faith that God is love. There is so much more to come. Yet let me encourage you not to focus on what you don't want, for what the ego has so clearly pointed out is that the above is what has already been collectively created. Instead, focus on what is good, what is right, on those who are open from within the Christian faith to the expansion in their level of consciousness. Uh, Also, I will continue to provide for all of your needs. Be mindful about your own point of attraction. If you continue to focus on uh, the client who left the mastermind and this person's e- the, the community member who sent that email, you will certainly attract more of this experience. Let us instead focus on amazing conversations we've had with insert name of good friend. Let's also uh, client one, two, three, four, five, six, and seven, and countless others. The harvest of those who are eager to raise their level of consciousness is more vast today than ever before. I am preparing a path for you that will surprise and delight you. Don't seek full clarity about what it will look like 10 years from now. For if I were to tell you, you wouldn't believe it uh, to be possible with where we are today. But the perfect path of our spiritual evolution is playing out exactly as it should at all times. Relax, trust, and let go. Enjoy this journey. Live into each moment as the gift that it is. Also, go within. Bathe in the perfection of your divine spirit that is one with all that is. Great meeting today. In Christ, Cliff. So that was my journal entry from January 29th of this year, 2023. Now what I want to do is I want to share with you uh, what I put in Facebook. So let me go over to Facebook, go to Cliff Ravenscraft. And 23 hours ago, Facebook says, I posted this message and publicly began sharing. There's there's a lot of reasons as to what's been going on. There's been so much that's gone on between episode 146 and this episode 147 of this podcast. And I'm not going to try to communicate it all here today. Obviously, this show is all this episode is already very lengthy. But I I am I do want to create a I'm thinking about doing uh devoting some time and energy significantly to a project, and I was, it's like I finally had the courage and a high enough level of confidence and courage and a high, high enough level of consciousness 
to finally put myself out there to everybody in my Facebook community, which is a very large percentage of my audience are following me on Facebook. So here's what I wrote. By the way, it, 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 it has an image that would certainly capture the attention. It's a, I would say it looks like a very new age image. It's a picture of a person who is in a meditation posture where the arms are, where the person has got, let's just say, lotus position, not, not, not technically lotus position, but legs crossed in meditation posture. Back is straight. It's a silhouette, by the way. But the person's arms are kind of out to the side and the fingers are held in what's called a mudra. M-U-D-R-A. Not gonna go into all of that. But this person's clearly meditating and the depiction of this of this visual is this person's kind of floating in some sort of astral plane, all right? And, and it's very new age, very metaphysical, and the heart area is lit up and, and is a bright light that is expanding and, and projecting out. So that's the image that I used to capture the attention of people. And here's what I wrote with this post. Out of curiosity, have you found yourself on a path of questioning and revising your own integrated spiritual beliefs? Actually, not integrated. Have Let me say that again. Out of curiosity, have you found yourself on a path of questioning and revising your own ingrained spiritual beliefs? Since 2020, I have been on a profound journey of spiritual awakening and deconstruction. I've been peeling away long-held beliefs that I unconsciously adopted for the acceptance and affirmation within the religious environment of my upbringing. I've encountered concerns from some people from my previous faith background. But surprisingly, I've discovered many others are navigating a similar path. I'm considering facilitating a space for those on this spiritual awakening slash deconstruction journey. It won't be a a commercial endeavor, but rather a source of encouragement for those feeling isolated in their explorations. If this resonates with you, feel free to comment below or send me a direct message. Your journey matters and you're not alone. So there, that was my post. So far, uh, 23 hours later, it's got uh, uh, between 39 likes and loves, and it has 116 comments. Now, quite frankly, it's probably half of that because I've responded pretty much to everyone since the last time I checked the post, and I will continue to respond to everyone. So if there's 116, just say divide that by two. That's how many people have commented. And overwhelmingly, they're like, oh my gosh, Cliff, yes, this is exactly what I'm looking for. Thank you so much. I'm so thrilled. My de- my deconstruction journey started in 2013. Here's my experience of leaving this organization. Here's this situation. Here's what I've been through. And so there is a lot of people. It's like, wow. And so, so far, I have already a list of 30, uh, 44 people 
uh, on a list. Now, not everybody on that has responded is somebody who's interested in being notified when I make the next move on launching this project in this, whatever this environment is that I create. Um, but overwhelmingly, there's 44, did I say 44? Let me go back. Um, yeah, 44 people already. And if my, my guess is that within the next three days, they'll probably be somewhere between 50, 75, 100 at least, um, maybe by the end of this weekend, that will say, hey, I, I'd like to be notified of this, which is well more than what I anticipated to start with. And so I'm I'm really eager to move forward and, and I wanna document my journey moving forward on the spiritual path side of things here in this podcast. That's why I've brought EOTC back up and and re you know, you know, I'm reactivating this podcast as a as a place where I will consistently bring content. I'm still gonna be publishing Cliff Ravenscraft show, but that's gonna be very much mindset stuff related to all walks of life, primarily uh, mindset as it relates to personal and professional development. And while there'll be spiritual elements that I'm authentically going to share, most of my deeply spiritual stuff I want to put here. I also, over at trainwithcliff.com, by the way, have the Train With Cliff audio journal. It's my behind the scenes stuff. And I I, I had put a lot of content about my spiritual journey in that over the years before I was willing and had the courage to speak about it publicly. Um, but I don't want to fill, I, there's a lot that I want to share about my spiritual journey. If you have no clue how many hours every week I devote to studying and exploring and experiencing my spiritual journey, it, it, is, it is what I desire to most invest my time, effort, and energy in. But with that being said, currently, I, my financial well-being is tied to other things in business-related, and so as a result of that, I still want to, my Train With Cliff Audio Journal is how do I balance it all? So I want to. I don't want to just talk every day or every week in Train With Cliff Audio Journal about these deeply spiritual-related things, so that's why I'm bringing this here. So if there are three shows that I see that will consistently get content moving forward, Train With Cliff Audio Journal, behind the scenes stuff, kind of just an audio journal, uh, EOTC, this podcast, deeply spiritual and maybe more than you could possibly consume, who knows, and then the Cliff Ravenscraft show, which I do want to actually get into even being more consistent over there. Now, with that being said, there, I, I, I want to tie into this, you know, just the how this concern is what I have gotten away from my focus on those who will speak against me, those who will want to shun me as a false teacher or, you know, as, as a, you know, shun them as a non-believer or whatever. Um, this, this guy has left the faith. I've stopped focusing on that. And as a result of that, I don't attract a lot of that reaction. I don't attract a lot of those responses anymore. And I and I do believe that has a lot to do with the law of attraction. So if you're on this journey and you have also been exploring the law of attraction, just know this. If you consistently experience fear related to how you will be condemned by others and how it will negatively impact you financially, the more you, obviously fear is a pretty hefty emotion, and whatever you think about consistently 
with great visualization and emotion, you will certainly manifest in your life. So I recognized I needed to shift and 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 I needed to create a different self-fulfilling prophecy. So I began to envision more and more people who were eager to explore this in an environment where it's safe. In fact, I, no, I'm not going to play that. I don't have permission to play that. So anyway, one person, however, did express, actually two people expressed concern. So um, one person wrote back on that Facebook response. He says, this is concerning. All right, that's it. That was the that was the thing. And by the way, that got five likes. And I'm looking at, um, actually, I'm one of the likes. You know, I, I appreciate him. I know this person well. Uh, we are just beyond uh, acquaintances. But um, I am seeing four other people who had liked this person's expression of concern. Now, by the way, the first person in the list, we have 62 mutual friends. The second person on the list, we have 195 mutual friends. So do you see that, you know, what I'm suggesting to you is that there's there's a lot of like-minded people who would have this. But again, I, I'm not so much concerned about that. I, I have grown to understand where this has come from. I totally respect it. I appreciate it. I once was there. I'll receive it as about as much as I gave it. And quite frankly, I think I'm about finished with it because I, I didn't really give a lot of people. I, I didn't, it, I, it wasn't, I, I just warned people out of love. And I genuinely believe that's what I'm getting is warning out of love. But for some people, we'll go a little further than that. I never said, hey, we need to stay away from that person. But I personally chose to stay away from people. Anyway, so this is concern. And then I said, hey, how so? That was my response to this. And so here's what that person wrote. This person said, for two reasons. So it's, this is concerning for two reasons, he says. First, for you. He says, deconstruction is code for walking away from traditional faith. The God of the Bible and Jesus's sacrifice for us. Cliff, you are a man of great influence, and I'm concerned that your journey has led you away from the truth. So this is his first concern, all right? Recognize, do you see how the same language just piped up? The God of the Bible. I promise you, if I was to have, and and I know this person incredibly well. We have a very, very good relationship. If I wanted to, I could reach out to him and just have a genuine conversation. He's offered to have as much any discussion as he wants, as I want with him. Uh, but he he said, if I were to say, can you please give me 10 attributes that would describe the God of the Bible? And then what I could do is I could show you other Christians who also believe in the Bible being the inerrant word of God who would argue with some of those 10 attributes of God, which again goes back to this thing is who is this God of the Bible? This God of the Bible is the God that you are believing in. It's the image that you have based upon what you've accepted as beliefs based upon the interpretations that you have made, 
which many of those interpretations have been based upon and influenced by the interpretations of other people, which many have been interpreted. <laughs> it goes all the way down. But when it it's like the telephone game. And if you don't know what the telephone game, just Google what is the telephone game. And it's about how as you go through and people whisper into each other's ear this phrase, by the end of the line, the phrase is unrecognizable. So there, you know, you you go anywhere. It's like, a, can you tell me what was the original message? And you're going to have multiple different messages. That's what it, that, and that's what I'm trying to get at. There's there's not just one God of the Bible, but you notice that this is the God of the Bible, which obviously also states that this is a this is my concern. You know, concern number one is that uh, you're walking away from traditional faith. So what's wrong with work walking away with traditional faith? What's wrong? What's walk? What's wrong with walking away from that and having an authentic, personally chosen faith? real, authentic, raw per, relationship with Christ. What's wrong with that? With Jesus, even. Uh, but because it's not traditional, there's a concern. You know, I, I'd really prefer, uh, my concern is that you're le- leaving what we have all chosen to agree upon. That's that's what this phrase means, that you're walking away from traditional Okay, which, by the way, traditional faith has not always been the faith of of Christianity even. In fact, multiple versions of Christianity have been wiped from the history books. Not all of them successfully. Some of them resurfaced in parts of the desert. In the Dead Sea Scrolls, the Nag Hammadi Library, and several other handed down things. Many people have been put to death for trying to keep those things alive all for the uh, desire to have everyone conform to a traditional faith. And I'm not cool with that. Anyway, the God of the Bible and Jesus' sacrifice for us. Uh, So first and foremost, I am not walking away from faith. I am not walking away from the God that I find in the Bible. I am not walking away from Jesus's sacrifice, but I might believe different things about that than you do. Um, and yes, I am a man of great influence. Um, th- there's no doubt about that, and I'm incredibly thankful for that. And I take, I do not take that lightly. And I'm not trying to convince other people to believe what I believe. That is definitely not what I'm doing. I am just trying to encourage others through my relationship with Christ. That's all I'm trying to do. I'm not I'm trying to give people who are outcast by traditional faith a safe place to come and talk about their explorations of seeking God. Anyone who seeks they will find, knock the door will be opened. God is patient. He's not willing that anyone shall perish and I I'd like to let people know that, that 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 it's safe to explore, that there are some other people out here who are also exploring. I can't promise you that what I'm doing is right or true or any of that stuff. I can only tell you about my experience and if it helps you on your journey and it encourages you. And the one thing I can say is I can't I cannot give you the validation you need of the path that you're on. I can't. There's nothing I can do to claim that what you believe to be is true. And I can't claim, there's nothing I can do to claim that what you believe is not true. 
I mean, I I could I can tell you what you believe is in alignment or out of alignment with what I believe, but that's not helpful because what I believe may or may not be true. So, and 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 that goes for even if I was still believed that the Bible was the inerrant word of God, and I believe that the God that I believe in from the Bible is the one true God of the Bible, that still might be wrong. <laughs> and I'm convinced that somebody's got to be wrong. Because there's way too many gods of the Bible. Anyway, I digress. I'm concerned that your journey has led you away from the truth. Well, I, you know, the, the, Mike, so the concern here is that all of this is that I have left, you know, faith. I've left the God of the Bible. That I've left Jesus as sacrificed. And he's concerned that I've walked away from the truth. And if you go back to this post, there's nothing in there that says I've walked away from all of that. Now, he may have interpreted that by my previous faith background, and I'm just talking about fundamentalist, judgmental, burn in hell for eternity Christians who believe that it's totally acceptable to go out and, you know, do things like, well, I'm not even going to go into it. I just... I, yeah, I, I've I've left that, but there's a lot of assumption in his concern there. So I, anyway, so that was concern number one. Let me see if I can find this because I just scrolled up. <coughs> Next up, uh, second reason for his concern for others who are seeking for the truth in all of the wrong places. All right, let me just stop there because. Um, the next the next line after that is actually some is a different statement so second his concern is for others who are searching for truth in all the right places so his second concern is for anyone who's searching for truth in the environment for which i will give as a safe place to come and talk about what you are learning and discovering and experiencing in your relationship with God without judging you. His concern is for people who would look for God and have a place like this to be openly accepted and not judged for what you might be reading or studying or exploring. That's his concern. And his concern is that all of these people who are not reading the Bible are looking for truth in all the wrong places. Except for the fact of what do you do with the fact before people had access to the Bible? What do you do with that? I I just don't get it. But anyway... Uh, And then he continues, he says, you'll never find soul satisfaction in pantheism, new age, universalism, or any other false religion, but only through the one true God. Always happy to discuss further. So you'll never find soul satisfaction. So first of all, I've not mentioned anywhere in, in my statement that I am a believer in pantheism. I am not exp- I have not stated that I am bel- a believer in New Age. I'm not a- saying that I'm a believer in universalism or that I've jo- joined any other religion. Now, um, 
do I concern myself with the idea of pantheism versus monotheism and all that? I think it's semantics and it's all words to describe things. And, and you know, if, if we wanted to, maybe one day I might go into an in-depth review of one of my favorite books right now called The History of Mysticism by Swami Abhinanda. Anyway, um, the history of mysticism, it's all the same thing. And, and I, trust me, I've gone incredibly deep in this. But here's the thing. You'll never find soul satisfaction in any of these things. The ironic thing is that I never found full soul satisfaction in the doctrine of traditional God of the Bible, orthodox, fundamentalist. Um, the Bible is an inner word of God this institution, do these things, believe these things, stay in our fellowship or else. I never found soul satisfaction there. In fact, I had it before investing heavily. And I went, and and when I say I invested heavily, I went all in on God of the Bible. I went all in several different gods of the Bible. I, I, I went all in on various different gods of the Bible. <laughs> I went all in on different denominations. I went all in on institutionalism. I went all in on the inerrant Bible believing word of God is the only thing we need. I went all in on all that stuff. And I never and 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 somewhere along the way I lost my soul satisfaction. I lost my oneness with God. And I tr- anyway, I'm going to share that in just a moment. But then After that comment, another person uh, responded and says, I'm all for making, this is a female, she says, I'm all for making your faith your own and not adopting someone else's beliefs, even questioning why you believe what you believe. But I would urge you to spend more time in just the scriptures. The water will get pretty muddy if we bring other books into it. The Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. Praying for you, Cliff. Now, there seems to be an assumption here that maybe I've just not invested or spent enough time in the scriptures. Which again, I, I don't know this person. In fact, I I'm, we're Facebook friends. I may have met her at a conference once. She may have followed me for many years and she may be making some sort of uh, assumptions about how much time I spend in the scriptures. But I can tell you right now, for the first 47 years of my life, the only source of information about God and my relationship with God that I ever went to was the Bible. That was that was it. There was no other place. I had been conditioned to be afraid of anything else. In fact, I, I've been told something far worse than the water would get pretty muddy if we bring other books into it. No, I've been taught you will be led astray. It is a slippery slope. You are in danger of apostasy. You are you you are in danger of all of this stuff. It's like this is the one thing you know that you must avoid. Do not let any person, any false teacher that is different than what you have been taught about Christ, you must avoid all of those things, all right? Now, 
And then she says, the Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. Well, I believe that the Holy Spirit has been guiding me into all truth. And I believe he's been doing that with me since I was born. I think he's been doing that with me since I was a kid. I go back and listen to episode 000 of this podcast if you want to hear an overview of that. And I believe that I was limited by restricting my exploration to the Bible. I really do. And I, I, I believe for me, and I'm not suggesting you ought to do this, this could be very dangerous for you based upon your belief system. But for me, I believe the Holy Spirit led me, guided me to investigate other people's experiences and perceptions and explanations of God, which includes Hinduism, Buddhism, Sikhism, Taoism, shamanism, druidism, um, and, and also new age spiritual philosophies, and much, much more. And it's through all of that that I began to say, wow, this confirms so much of what I experienced of, the, of, of an authentic relationship of my childhood and my young uh, my you know tween years and some of my early adult years where at times I would feel that deep oneness with God through my journey but every time you know and and so let me explain to you what I, I shared here so I responded and and I and I wrote this I said I appreciate your perspective I held those exact I had shared I had written, these exact words to far too many people to count during my from ages 18 through my early 40s. While I fully understand and appreciate your point of view, and this is responding to the first person, by the way, and then I referred the second person to this, this response as well. <coughs> Let me take another drink of water. All right, I edited that one out, but... That was my last drink of water. So we're close to the end of this podcast. Okay. While I fully understand and appreciate your point of view, I simply no longer find agreement with it. For decades of my life, there were far too many unanswered questions and I invested thousands of hours of study searching for them. Um, about, you know, and so questions about the discrepancy of what Jesus taught and the actual experience of the church. My faith background, which includes an eclectic mix of Baptist, Methodist, Lutheran, Pentecostal, Assembly of God, eight years of Catholic school education, though as a non-Catholic, Nazarene, Church of Christ, and a few others has given me a robust sandbox to explore my relationship with God through the first 47 years of my life. I was an associate pastor for more than a decade. I fully devoted myself to the orthodox and fundamentalist doctrine of the church. I read my scriptures every day. Now, not every day of my life, but there are seasons where, let me tell you, I read the scriptures every day. I've been through the Bible multiple times. 
have much of it memorized, preached many sermons from the Bible, and led weekly Bible study groups every week for more than 20 years of my life. Yet some of the most fundamental questions I had about Jesus' teaching teachings and how he was and how what he taught was not consistently lived out by a majority of those who proclaim to have a relationship with him were never answered including in my own life with all that said i'm incredibly thankful for all of those years invested in the deep religious life of the protestant branches of of the christian church they truly served me well informing the foundation of my faith in Christ that I have today. Like I said, I do appreciate your concern. You are not alone in expressing it, and I fully understand it. I still consider myself to be a Christian, though most from my faith background would consider me to be a heretic and an apostate. Yet I am convinced that neither life nor death, neither angels nor demons, nor the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate me from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus my Lord. So that is what I wrote. And then later I chose to write one more thing because it bugged me that I didn't. Uh, respond to the the soul satisfaction quote line. I wrote one more thing that I realized I forgot to share. I have found soul satisfaction. I have found it through Christ. It's a peace that transcends all my previous fears, worries, and doubts. It's a peace and joy that I had in my relationship with God when I was a very young child. Both then and now, it is such an innocent and simple simple peace and quote-unquote knowing. I had lost that. I had lost my conscious awareness of eternal connection to God somewhere along the path. After I was formally introduced to quote-unquote doctrine and taught slash conditioned to fear eternal punishment in hell. Over my lifetime, I realized that I had left my quote-unquote first loved and exchanged that relationship with three different relationships. First, a relationship with an institution. Second, a relationship with a moral code of conduct. Three, a relationship with information about God, a.k.a. the Bible. I never once found my soul satisfaction in any of those three relationships. It was only after I followed what Jesus taught that I returned to my first love. Number one, I changed my ways and went back to become like the little child and found the kingdom of heaven as a result. See Matthew 18, 3. Number two, I gave up all fear, anxiety, worry, and doubt and made a commitment to always seek the kingdom of God first and trust that all things needed would be provided. See Matthew 6, verses 25 through 34. Three, I discovered the kingdom of God is quote-unquote within me, where I found 
uh, yeah, where I found the ever-present helper, a.k.a. Spirit of God. See Luke 17, verses 20 through 21, and John chapter 14, verses 16 through 17. Number four, today my quote-unquote doctrine can be summed up as simply as this. I am committed to A, loving the Lord my God with all of my heart, soul, and mind. And B, I am committed to loving my neighbor as myself. I firmly believe that all the law and everything the prophets ever spoke about hangs upon these two things. See Matthew verses, verse 22, ver, uh, chapter 22, verses 34 or through 40. Let me say that again. Matthew 22, verses 33, 34 through 40. Ah, in the fact, let's say, in this simplicity, my soul has found its pure peace and total satisfaction that transcends all understanding, that constantly guards my heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4 7. Now, I shared all of that. And the first person who responded said, uh, Cliff, thanks, friend. Cling to Christ. Without him, everything else is meaningless. With that, I can agree. It's a, and, it's, and it's alignment with what I believe. Now, that's my belief. And just, be, uh, that, just because I can agree with that statement what I can tell you is that if we had a open dialogue and he pressed me a little bit further, what he thinks about Christ and what I think about Christ might not be in agreement. And chances are <clears throat> probably definitely is not in agreement, but it's okay. Uh, I, I'm not trying to convince him. I want to share, uh, there was one person uh, that wrote and says, Cliff, I'm not sure if this actually uh, resonates with me or not. And let me share with you with you a, a Facebook dialogue I had with him. I said, well, I'll tell you what, if you want to know, have a listen to this. And I sent him over to Encouraging Others Through Christ, and I shared episode 145 of this podcast titled Following My Own Path, all right? Now, this this is a little bit outside of <laughs> the the accepted Christian doctrine. So, following my own path. Now, I, I shared that with him. I said, now listen to this and see what you think, and then feel free to ask me or any questions or if you, <clears throat> if you have any further questions about whether or not it resonates. He says, he sent me a direct message. So the first part happened in the public comments. He sent me a direct message. He said, I listened to the podcast episode. Thanks. It was a roller coaster, but I am curious. Okay, so here's what I want you to hear. This person says, Cliff, I listened to your episode. And, and he had an emotional response that is described as roller coaster. And he's like, Cliff, I'm interested. I'm curious. And then I asked him this question. What has been your faith background? He writes back, semi-new Christian. And here's what I wrote to him. If that is the case and you are feeling good about where you are, and you are in a highly supportive and loving community around your faith, what I am posting about might be a distraction that you would do well to avoid. He wrote back, okay, got it. 
thanks. And then I said, my sincere pleasure. Thank you for engaging with me today. I appreciate you. And he gave me the Facebook thumbs up. So do you see, I'm not trying to convince others. I'm only trying to provide a safe space for others who otherwise might have no one to talk to about their questions about the things they've been told to blindly accept. So anyway, Shun the Non-Believer. That's the title of this episode. And with it being now two hours and 15 minutes in length, I think it's time to shut things down. If you would like to be notified of this project, this space that I'm creating, I don't know what it's going to look like. I'm still trying. I know I feel as though God is is moving me in a new direction in life, and and I don't know what all this looks like. I have no idea if this just becomes like a little thing on the side, or if one day this becomes the 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 focus of what I do. I don't know what that what all this means financially. I don't know how me getting more publicly speaking more openly about this, how it in fact in, in, in fact will impact the financial success of my business and all this stuff. I, you know, I'm just trusting and I'm moving in faith, taking one step forward as the path reveals itself to me. Definitely felt called to to bring this podcast back. I created that episode 000. Now I'm here bringing back this with episode number 147. I feel and sense that there will be much more content to come. There, there is so much that I, well, I have um, how many pages of notes? Let me just, in my handwritten journals, I'm going to scroll to the bottom here. I have. 1,768 notes on things that I've been exploring and experiencing in my faith journey in the last three and a half years. 1,768 pages. And it's all right here in a digital form. And I have it and, and I've been holding way too much back. So, yeah. And by the way, if so number there are two things. Number 1, if you want to be notified of whatever it is I'm creating, uh feel free to email me. My email address is cliff@cliffravenscraft.com. I'll put that in the show notes. So, just go there, you can click on it likely and it'll you pull up your email thing and and shoot me an email and say I'm interested in your EOTC or or I'm interested in your spiritual project. You could just say that in the subject line, and I'll add you to the list to be notified. And then um, if you feel compelled to financially contribute in any way, feel free to reach out to me and ask how to do that, and and I'm more than happy to do that. I don't expect it. Um, I'm, Of course, I'm working on some beliefs about this whole situation when it comes to pursuing you know, things on a spiritual side and, and monetizing it and all this other stuff. I, I'm not opposed to it, but I, you know, at this point, if if I'm just trusting wherever this goes, and I'm not looking to try to force this to become a replacement to my income from what I've been doing over the last decade or more, uh, well, actually, the last 17, 18 years of my life. So, if you want to financially contribute in any way, feel free to reach out to me as well, Cliff at CliffRavenscraft.com. Link to my email is in the show notes. Uh, and by the way, if you want to just send me feedback about, you know, hey, Cliff, I really appreciate this. 
that goes a long way, and and I really love it. And not that I need the validation, um, but I will say that it, it's just to be expected that some people are going to continue to express their concern. Some are going to do it more lovingly and respectfully. Some are going to do it with a little bit more. And what I did notice is is I, I thought that I was completely over it. And I will just share with you. I, I, I'm like, I'm ready to move forward. I'm ready to just put this out there. And, and I, I saw this person. And I love this person that, that, that said, you know, uh, this is concerning. And I got to say that as soon as I saw that, there was, there was like a, a little drop in my stomach. It's like, oh, I remember this feeling. Oh, oh. In spite of the fact that, you know, there are 44 other people who said, oh, my gosh, Cliff, I can't believe this. And two people expressed their concern. Um, there, I, I still have, gosh, there's still something there's still something within me, and I and and by the way, this is not the conviction of the Holy Spirit that I'm going down the wrong way. But no, this is more along the lines of, hey, if you follow me, there will be people who who will who will not be happy with you following the life that I'm calling you to live. There, there, there is a deeper, more, and 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 while I may still be a Christian, I, I do want to say this last thing. I just want to make sure that I'm I'm clear about this. I do believe that Christ is the only way back to all that is, the source, uh, the universe, the, the, to God, whatever you call the, all that is. I, I use the language God. I, it, it resonates well with me. I do believe in Christ. I believe in Jesus. I believe in, in, in the validity of, of much of what's in the Bible. I respect it immensely. But when I, but I again, and I, I do know that I said this. I believe that Jesus, when he spoke authoritatively, he spoke in Christ consciousness. He's not speaking as himself; he is speaking as Christ consciousness. And I believe that every human on this planet has access to Christ consciousness, and it's not required that you know the name Jesus or even Yeshua. It's not. That's not every. Every tongue shall confess, every knee will bow. And it's not, that's even just a metaphor. It's, it's every, everyone will clearly, obviously become aware that their true source and oneness is with God. Jesus prayed, I pray that they would be one as you and I are one. And I, I see it more as I play, pray that they would recognize this. When, when he is being put to death on the cross, Jesus said, forgive them for they know not what they do. It, people are asleep. They're, 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 they're so identified with what they believe and their bodily mind and, and, and personality and, and all of the things socially to fit in and conform to make up this mass consciousness that we have here on earth. That, that, you know, I think that's what Jesus came to save us from. And I don't believe that that point in history is the only time that Christ has come to earth. And in fact, I believe that Christ is one with the Father and the Father is one with Christ. And I believe that Christ and God are omnipresent and in all things, including in us. And that I know is not acceptable by a lot of people and that's okay. I just want you to know everything I've said today, please understand I'm not saying any of it's true. I'm not saying this is what you should believe. I'm only documenting my own journey, what I'm experiencing. 
I'm not here to convince you. If any of this stuff makes you feel weird, unsubscribe from this podcast. Don't ever listen to another show. You know, and if you need to leave me and put me out of your fellowship and shun me, I get it, and I love you anyway. And it and it doesn't bother me. I'm I'm I may experience something, and it, and it's all good. It's good for me to 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 tr- bring up some more of these limiting beliefs that are inside of me. But Christ is the only thing that I really concern myself with. Uh, in if I'm in a if I'm in the right state of being. And I don't need anyone's validation at all whatsoever. But the ego side of me, this ego, Cliff Ravenscraft, he likes words of affirmation. It, 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 it's a thing for him. So if you want to give them to him, uh, feel free. My ego personality has an email address, cliff at cliffravenscraft.com. Until next time, I encourage you to take everything you do to the next level. Mindset. Answer man